Do what? <laughs> no, 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 it's okay. She is fine. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, is everybody ready? Good, that makes 90 of us. I'm not. Okay. <clears throat> this is the first in a series of classes on enterprise DBAing, if that's a, if that's a verb. Um, ordinarily, I start off these classes telling you what you're going to learn, everything we're going to cover, and all of that. But instead, <coughs> I think this time I'm going to start it off with a couple of small stories that are going to kind of illustrate my point as we go throughout the course. At least I hope it will illustrate the point. It does in here. Um, as you can see, I've got my, my usual suck-up swag, so you know nobody hold back. Uh, <coughs> so, yeah, I know, right? There you go. He's already started. Um, so the first story goes like this. When I was in junior high, early on, my first year, I started the tennis team. And we had practice every day. We had a coach. It was the, the generic gym coach that the, that the junior high had. And we had practice every day, and she taught us how to do a backhand, and she taught us how to do a forehand and an overhand. And I had a hard time with, with my serve, so I used to stay out there all night long practicing my serve, right, trying to not hit the net and not go over the back fence. Because um, somewhere in between there, the other side of the court lies, right? <coughs> now, uh, we played each other all the time, and we played some other schools around. And I won some and I lost some, but mostly I won. And on my team, I was one of the better ones. I, I won most of, the, most of the, the matches on my team every day at practice. And then I moved into high school. And that was a different world altogether. Um, when I hit high school, we had a coach who was a semi-pro tennis player. And I was losing every single game at practice all of a sudden. And of course, I was a freshman too, right? But I was still losing every single game at practice. Um, and I was just exhausted at the end of the day. After about a week, the coach took me aside after practice and said, let me tell you something about your game. You're not controlling the court. And I was like, what are you talking about? The guy hits the ball to me, I hit it back. He goes, yeah, but the court is this wide and your opponent is standing in the middle, and he's hanging across one side to the other side to the other side to the other side to the, and just bouncing you back and forth across the court and running you ragged and just waiting for you to make a mistake. And you're basically hitting it right back to him every single time. This is a game you're trying to win. You've got to have strategy. But you're exhausted and you're making mistakes because you're getting tired. He's sitting in the middle and he's controlling you. You've got to control him. And I don't know why that never crossed my mind before. I've been playing for two years and a week, and that never crossed my mind before. But when he started teaching me how to do that, I started, well, it took me a little bit longer to start winning again, but I was a lot less tired at the end of the day, right? <coughs> so that's the end of the first story. Uh, the second story, um, a lot of you guys may know, you follow my blog and you follow me online, uh, that I've been in martial arts for almost 30 years now. And when I was a brown belt, my Kempo instructor took me aside. Again, I had, to be, I had to be shown, right? Some people get there naturally, and those of us who aren't so bright have to be told these things. <coughs> but he said, now there's a way that you learn a technique and the way that you do it. And the two are completely different. When we teach you a technique, 
we teach you one, two, three, four, five. And that's the way you learn it to get good at it and to practice it and to learn the moves and to learn how to build power in your moves. But that's not how you actually perform the technique. You perform the technique like this, one, two, three, five, bam, you, you do it, right? And something there clicked. I was like, my God, he's right. I'm still performing the techniques like I'm a beginner. And I took the rest of the, and, and he only showed me on this one technique, and I transferred it to all the other techniques that I knew, which if any of you know anything about Kempo, it's a lot of techniques, right? <clears throat> so I basically had to start over learning my techniques and learning how to do them at an, at an advanced level and start doing them the way someone who is a professional does them, right? Um, it's the same way with writing, to, to bring it back to those of you who don't know anything about tennis or Kempo. Everybody in here writes, right? So you don't still write like you did in kindergarten, right? A, B, D, right? You don't still write in those big block letters and have trouble staying in the lines, right? No, you write in really sloppy cursive and have trouble staying in the lines, correct? So you've sophisticated your writing, in air quotes. So that's what we're trying to do here today. In this series, I'm going to do less teaching you SQL <clears throat> and more teaching you how to take the skills you already have and put you as a professional, put you where you should be, how you should be doing it. You've learned SQL. You've learned how to do an alter database statement. You've learned how to, how to create users and you've learned how to alter tables and you've learned how to set up backups and maintenance and all of this stuff. But the thing that I find more and more and more, the more DBAs I talk to, the more devs I talk to, the more DBA managers I talk to, nobody has time to do their jobs anymore. Most shops are run <coughs> so incredibly lean, especially on the database side, am I right? Oracle guys get like, what, two DBAs for every box? And we get like, what, one DBA for every 150 to 200 boxes? I mean, it's ridiculous the, the difference in, in what we're expected to do, right? <clears throat> and you can't keep up with it all. You just can't. When, when Jen and I, we're, we're, both, uh, we're both DBAs by trade. When we get home, one of the first things we do is we we compare our days. We talk about how productive we were that day. And, product, and, and being productive is a, is a really funny thing because I'm going to tell you right now, I'm, I, I'm not going to teach you how to be more productive in this course. I cannot teach you how to be more productive because let's say if, if, if I go to work one day, let's say if I got up this morning and went to work and I had a line at my door the second, uh, the second I got there, and <clears throat> let's say that I, I restored <coughs> four databases to dev and uh, created 18 user accounts for a new application and fixed replication and uh, did half a dozen other things and then went to lunch and then came back and did 12 more things. That's a pretty damn productive day, isn't it? No. That is not a productive day. There is a difference between being busy and being productive, okay? Busy work, restoring databases to a dev box. 
big deal. It takes time out of your day, but you're not productive because of it. You haven't done anything to further your cause, to further your database initiative, to further your data initiative, your security initiative. You haven't done anything to further your company, right? To further your, your, your database department, right? You created 18 new user accounts for a new application. That's not being productive. That's just something that needs to be done to keep the lights on. Right? These are all lights on activities, okay? Uh, uh, tuning queries so that the application runs better. Um, doing a full audit to make sure that all of your passwords have, have that all your, your accounts have strong passwords. Uh, <coughs> making sure that your database layouts are all good and you don't have data and log files on the same drive or that you don't have file growth rates at 1% on your log files and stuff like that, right? That's all being productive because that's actually going to improve your situation, right? This lights on stuff that keep you busy, that take you, that, that take you half a day or a quarter of a day or three quarters of a day or two days to do are not being productive. They're being busy and there's a huge difference. So I cannot teach you how to be productive here and I cannot make you be productive. I can't increase your productivity, but I can decrease your busyness so that you can go out and be productive on your own. And that's the point of this course. I'm going to decrease your busyness. I'm going to take all of that crap that's in your way and I'm going to help you move it out of your way. You can keep the lights on, but you, it's the same stuff. You're just going to do it much faster, much more efficient, and you're going to get back to what your actual job is, which is not sitting there pushing buttons, uh, cycling through databases, clicking on DB data reader, DB data reader, DB data reader, DB data reader, right? That's not your job. You're not, you're not button monkeys, okay? You're performance monkeys, okay? <clears throat> so that's what we're going to do here. Um, but first, let's start off with a little question, because this is called an enterprise DBA class, right? <coughs> Officially NC-1701, right? Um, yes, we're Star Trek geeks. Are you Captain Kirk? <sighs> Am I Kirk? That's a tough one. I don't want you to I be like the guy in the red shirt that always I like STNG better. I like STNG better, but I, I think Kirk is a, a, a manlier captain, so that's a tough one. Um, but, but simply, I, I want to hear what you guys have to say. What's an enterprise? Because if we're going to sit here and spout off about being enterprise DBAs, we have to know what an enterprise is, right? So what's an enterprise, guys? Uh, sure. Original French notwithstanding. <laughs> Let's come up with a good definition for enterprise that, that we can work with, that we can all agree on. Big operation? I'm sorry? I can't see. Ah, there you are. Big business or big operation? Big, okay. Uh, we're getting into some gray area about what big means, but okay, a big business, a big, we'll say a big IT shop, right? We'll just narrow it down to the IT shop. Anybody else? Complex business processes. Complex. Sure, there could be a level of complexity in it. Does it does enterprise necessarily mean complex? So if you have a single box with the most complicated processes you can find, that's an enterprise? <laughs> okay. Anybody else? <coughs> Servers to define 
I'm not ashamed to say I didn't understand a word you said. Like, uh, you have like uh, three different <coughs> and your suburbs are all across the country, like in different states. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so you're going with the ex with with the expansiveness of it. Everything's in a in a global location. So you're talking global location. Sure. Absolutely. Freddie, did you have something? Oh, okay, distributed. Okay, so <clears throat> we got a lot of ideas of what an enterprise is, right? My, my definition of an enterprise is, uh, is very, very simple. To me, my database enterprise is anything I don't want to do by hand. If I've got five servers and I don't feel like cycling through those five servers by hand every single day, um, checking the backups and checking everything, I'm going to automate that. To me, that's an enterprise. Anything I personally don't feel like sitting there clicking through is an enterprise. And I think you should look at it that way because a lot of people <coughs> will, will, will look at a class like this and say, well, I've only got 10 boxes. That's not really an enterprise. I don't really need this. Yeah, but you don't need to be wasting your time going through all those 10 boxes and doing everything by hand either, right? I don't want to restore. I, I, if I've only got 10 boxes, I don't want to take uh, 30 SIS packages and keep them in sync with even two of those other boxes by hand. If it's going to be with any kind of frequency, well, even once. Oh, God, that's just laborious. I don't, even want, I don't want to do that, right? So <clears throat> anything you feel like being lazy about is an enterprise. And, and to Paul's uh, characterization, yeah. I really think in, in my last job, I had a single database with over 2,000, a single server with over 2,000 databases on it. <laughs> to me, that was an enterprise. I had to manage that like it was a, like it was 2,000 separate boxes. So when you come to something like that, it changes, right? I mean, you can't just, you, and you have to install an SP in all of them. You can't just click through and hit go, 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 go. You're going to be there all damn day, right? And part of tomorrow, because that's a lot of boxes. And that's if you don't accidentally skip one, because your eyes glaze over and you go down one, and then you find out in the middle of the night that you missed one. So all of that, right? <clears throat> OK, so there are a few big mistakes that, uh, that DBAs make when they're, uh, when they're doing an enterprise. First of all, well, let me, let me ask you this question first. Let me, let me come back there. <coughs> I'm sorry? The mic is off? Doesn't sound like it. Maybe I'm just off. Well, see, it just came off. I knew that wasn't a good position. Thank you. I was trying not to say that. <laughs> That's not a good... I'll put it way up there. Okay, there. Um, let's see, I'm not really sure where, okay, I'll, I'll just go back to where I was. Okay, so one of the first mistakes that DBAs make is they have simple solutions for simple problems, and they stay right there. They compartmentalize everything. Let's say you've got 30 servers, okay? Say it. No, okay. Um, <coughs> and in these 30 servers, you have to update... Or, or you have, on, on one of these servers, you're asked to <coughs> install uh, a, a new DBA's account, right? They don't have Windows. Um, so you're asked to create a SQL account and put it on all these boxes. SQL account, SQL account, SQL account, SQL account, SQL account, SQL account, times 30, right? I mean, that's what we do, okay? 
But that's, that's the problem is they have overly simple solutions for simple problems and they compartmentalize. They don't think of all of these boxes as a single box, okay? Um, they build in manual processes. Manual processes will kill you, okay? They will absolutely kill you. Everything everybody does, they do it by hand and they do it in the GUI or they do it in, in dynamic T-SQL and I'll show you something in dynamic T-SQL a little bit later. There will be some code tonight, by the way. Um, and uh, one of the biggest mistakes they use, I had, to, I had to make sure I was saying the right thing here. One of the biggest mistakes people make, and if you take nothing away from this course, I want you to take this away. This is a very, very key point. <clears throat> they think, so many DBAs think that they have to use a single technology for a solution. I use T-SQL for this, so I have to use it for this. I'm going to spend three days writing this cursor. I used T-SQL for this, I have to use it for this. I used PowerShell for this, and I love PowerShell. I'm the biggest PowerShell fan on the face of the earth, right, outside of Don Jones. So I've got to use it for this, and no matter what it takes, I'm going to force the use of PowerShell in this situation. I love PBM. PBM has to work here, right? I love CMS. I have to use CMS for this solution. I have to, right? There is no one solution. Even the exact same request can have different solutions at different times, okay? Stop thinking that you're a one solution kind of guy. Even one solution can comprise many different technologies. Use the best parts of the different technologies and combine them into a different solution. We're going to see a lot of that throughout this course. We may even see some of it tonight, right? Maybe. Hard to say. Um, so that's basically the, if everything, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail? Well, if all you have is a hammer, you have no choice but to hit everything. Okay. It's not that everything looks like a nail. I can tell this is a computer. But if the hammer is my only tool, I have no choice but to sit there and pound it to try to get it to work, right? Yeah. So yeah, you know that these two things are different, and I've and I've I've suffered from that too, right? I mean, I fight it all the time. I do. I think I've written a blog about this, right? <coughs> but I, I I fight this all the time. There are things that I want to do in PowerShell, and I go, hey, I'll write. I get a, a relatively simple request, and I'll say that sounds easy enough. And, and I get into PowerShell and I start doing it and I hit one little snag. So I try to get around it, I try to get around it, I try to get around it, I try to get around it. Here it is half a day later, the task still isn't done when it was a fairly simple T-SQL thing to do. Why am I still messing with this? Do it in T-SQL and move on, right? So we all have to fight it, but just realize that you're doing that and move on, move on. But you, you can't do that unless you learn different technologies, right? So. We're going to start by building a little framework here. Remember, I said I was going to remove the obstacles. <coughs> in most shops I've been in, one of the biggest time drains has been security, right? All the security requests that come in. I mean, every single time I turn around, there's something, you know, can you, you know, we restored this database here and now our, now our logins don't work, right? Yeah, right. Happens, <coughs> happens at my current gig all the time. Right? Um, we need these four users put on these in these seven environments because they're contractors that we just brought in to help us troubleshoot something and they need access to all of these environments. 
or we need these guys taken out because they're no longer working for us. Or, it's always something, right? We got up a new, uh, a new benchmarking tool that's going to spin up 1,500 concurrent users, and we need you to create 1,500 separate accounts so that we can, so that we can, we can simulate 1,500 specific users. Really? And they all need to have these permissions. Really? <laughs> right? So that's the kind of thing that happens all the time. And if you don't know how to get around that, these simple things, your day is just going to be spent. Your two days are going to be spent. Okay? So, and I'm getting off the script here a little bit, but there are basically three types of processes in databases. What are they? Ingredients. Timing. No, okay. What are the three types of processes? Anybody? No. No. I'm sorry. Agents. Agents. <laughs> I thought you said. <laughs> I thought you said pages, and I was like, "What? It's bad even for you." Right. Exactly. Manual, automated, and semi-automated, or semi-manual depends on which side of the cup you like to be on. Right. <clears throat> Everything breaks down into one of those three categories. Right? Next time I ask that question, it'll change, by the way. Um, <laughs> and I think that one of the things that people get tied up in is they think that, oh, look at this, is they think that because they're writing a script for something, that it has to be fully scripted, it has to be fully automated, or it has to be fully manual. Guys, I am a huge proponent of semi automatic solutions, semi manual solutions, right? Yes, it would. It would. I, I, Glock. Glock, they're lighter, right? So some, some of the things that we do here are going to be semi-automated solutions. And the reason why, <clears throat> who here has a T-SQL library for the things that you perform at work? Absolutely. Do you have a script in your library for... Uh, transferring the users from one box to another? No, but you do. Do you have a script in your library for taking uh, all of the current users and adding them to the 10 new databases that were just created? But do you have that script? Anywhere. Do you have the script written right now? Could you go to a script somewhere and pull that up and just hit go and do it? I, I scripted up um, and I just changed the name of It's a yes or no question. Yes. Okay. <clears throat> do you have a script that changes the owners of all of the jobs? No. But nobody has them all, right? Nobody said yes every single time. And that's just three examples. Think of all the different types of requests we get every day or every week, right? <clears throat> this is why you can't have a fully scripted environment, because you can't script for everything you could possibly get, right? You couldn't even search. You could, you could do the task quicker than you could search through all those scripts, even if you had them, right? So you can't script everything you could come up with. But what you can do is you can script. You can come up with templates of scripts, and you can come up with um, with methods for building scripts very quickly. And you can take a job that would manually take you 30 minutes or two hours and make it five or 10 minutes 
by making it semi-automated and blending it into something that you already do have scripted. And that's what we're going to talk about now, okay? So what we're going to talk about is security. <coughs> We've got a request to, uh, to bring in, oh, we'll say a few dozen new, new uh, logins, okay? So what we've got to do is we've got to create, we've got to create these logins and we've got to add them to all the databases on one server. How many databases do we want there to be? Five, 20, 2,000, doesn't matter to me. 20. Good call, good call, 20. <coughs> huh? Okay. Um, is that a slam? So we've got to create all these accounts on 20 new databases. And I believe that I have that probably right here. Here it is. Oh, really? You're going to open up another instance? Okay, there we go. Okay, so this is a big, bad, scary script that I actually use in my production environment. <coughs> it does a lot of things. It creates a login. It adds the user to the database and puts it in a group. It's that simple. At the bottom, I can tack on more groups. Okay, so all I got to do is just blah, 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 tack on more groups, and it's that simple. Um, if I want to now, now mind you, this is a full, this is a fully vetted production script that I've been working on for a while, right? I've added to it a little at a time, right? <clears throat> so this is just an example. Um, I can uh, differentiate whether it's a Windows or a SQL account. I can tell it that if the account already exists, to either either skip it or or run auto fix on it, right? So. But one thing that I can't do in here so far, you'll look here, it takes an account, a password, and an initial role, right? So it does it one account at a time. If I have a dozen accounts to add to this box, I have to run this script a dozen times, and I have to pass in, hopefully they're Windows accounts and I can just skip this part, but I have to pass in a dozen of these, okay? Is that good, is that bad? <clears throat> it doesn't matter because it's still a hell of a lot faster to type 12 words than it is to sit there and try to do this on 20 different databases times 12 to do all the clicking or to write that dynamic SQL cursor from hell that it would take to do something like this, right? <clears throat> it doesn't matter if I can handle multiple accounts yet in this script. It actually hasn't been that big of a deal. Um, the, the only reason I haven't scripted that yeah, sure, I get asked to add multiple accounts all the time. It's, but it's just not that big of a deal. It takes this thing three seconds to run, and I usually get accounts in the numbers of, you know, three to nine. I type it, I hit enter, I type it, I hit enter, I type it, I hit enter. It's no big deal, right? It wouldn't save me that much time in, in this case to do that. If I ever get one where they say, well, we've got, uh, we've got this brand new application and we need 700 people brought in, okay, I'm going mo to modify the script to handle multiple accounts, right? I mean, period. But what it does do is it handles multiple servers. So if I need these accounts added to this entire environment, all of the, the prod, dev, QA, test, and so on and so on, and I need all of these accounts added to every one of them, all I gotta do is comma delimit the servers right here, and I'm golden. So I still only have to run it 12 times, right? So, <clears throat> 
If you take away one thing from this course, I want you to take this away. You don't have to listen to anything else I say after this. <coughs> don't write standalone processes. Never write standalone processes. If you write a standalone process, you're a fool. Okay? A, pro a standalone process is one that works in one scenario and one scenario only and you have to modify it significantly or completely rewrite it to take a very similar request tomorrow, right? It's a ridiculous thing to do. When, when my boss asks me for something, can you write us something that does this? I think about it for a second, I go, wow, that sounds like a good idea. Yeah, I can write that. Good, we need it done on this box because they have this situation and we need you to do that on this box. How long will it take you to bang that out? About a week. A week? The hell, I thought you said it was simple. Well, it is simple, but I've got to make it into an enterprise process. I'm not going to write a standalone process. <coughs> Even if you don't have the type of relationship with your boss where you can be that honest, right? And my boss now doesn't ask me to write standalone processes because he knows it's not going to work. He knows I only write enterprise processes. And, he, and if I say it's going to be two weeks, he says, okay, we can hold off for two weeks. Or can you cobble us together for two weeks. Can you give us something right now and then and then write the absolutely I'm not I'm not an ogre, right? I only look like one. Um, but but the point is if you don't have that kind of relationship with your boss, do what it takes. Lie. Make excuses. Do something to make sure you get this processed the way you need to process it. The business in my last job they'd been around for over a hundred years and everything was a fire. We thought of a report. It has to be done right now. We thought of this SIS process. That would be fabulous. It has to be done right now or we're gonna close our doors. The, the building's gonna implode. Guys, you've been around for 100 years. Just because you thought of this, because something crossed your mind, doesn't mean that the place is gonna implode if you don't get it by lunch. It's not even gonna implode if you don't get it next week. Nothing's going to happen. We as DBAs have to temper these things. We have to teach them how database work is done. Remember, run your shop. Don't let your shop run you. If you take these little tiny one-off requests and let everything happen in the course of a few minutes, you're not furthering your objective of making your life easier and getting to lunch on time, going home on time, right? You're not you know, being able to take that extra long lunch. <clears throat> you're not furthering that objective. And you're not doing your company any, any good turns either. They think that's what they want, but it's like your kids wanting nothing but candy all the time, right? They only think that's what they want until they're two months down that road and they can't stand the sight of candy anymore and their teeth are rotting out of their head and they feel like crap all day long because, they haven't, because they're malnourished, right? You're malnourishing your company if you let this stuff go on. You run the court. You don't let the court run you. Users will come to you all the time, I need this, I need that, 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 I need that. And they'll run you ragged, nickel and diming you to death, right? Don't let them do it. You run them. You say, it'll take me a week. No. Maybe. Yes, but it's on my list. That sounds important, I'll get right on it. You prioritize them, set their expectations, be the DBA, don't just be their monkey. Don't let them 
dictate your life. You dictate how things go, okay? And if you've got scripts for something, man, the more, the more things like this you get and the more automated things you get, and we're going to talk about this uh, uh, some more in detail in a minute, but <coughs> the more of these things you get lined up and the better you get at this and the better you get at thinking in an enterprise mode of if I write a script, I've got to write it at a bare minimum to work against multiple boxes, at a bare minimum. Right, because that's the kind of thing that's that, that's gonna that, that's the kind of thing that's gonna uh, uh, make me not have to stay late, right? That's the kind of thing that's gonna when I'm when I'm doing something uh, production related and I've got a box down and I'm trying to get something up and I get another request, I can say blam and then go back to what I was doing, right? I don't have to split my allegiance between these two emergencies. I can work on the the better emergency. This other thing comes in. Oh, well, all of our testers can't get in the database because they restored the database and all the user accounts now can't log in. And the CIO is waiting for this because we're going live first thing in the morning and they need to finish testing. But this other really important database is down right now. I need to recover it. And I said, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? Bam, go test. Now let's get this database back online, right? You don't need that aggravation. And it makes you look like a star anyway, right? So you run your shop. Don't let your shop run you. That's really important. Um, and scripts like this are the way you do that. So let's take a look at a base level script because that was the full blown version. It does a lot of things. And you can see even up there at the top, I had a little to-do list, right? I've got little things that I want to make it do. Uh, but let's talk about, <coughs> this is a base level script. This is what I call, this is basically what I call a template script. This script will take you so far, and you don't have to write it down, I'll be happy to send it to anybody, post it with the, with the, the video, right? <clears throat> what I like to do is I like to set up scripts at what I call different levels. What are the different levels of tasks that you have to perform in, in databases? You have to perform things at the server level, at the instance level, at the database level, at the schema level, at the table level, at the SP level, or you could even say at the, at the database level and at the object level, right? I mean, if you want to just, and then you can break it down into sub-objects, right? Because then you can even do it at the file level or at the index level or at the stat level or whatever, right? So <coughs> you've got all these different levels that you do things at, and one of the things I find is that so many people they rewrite things again and again and again and again and again. Instead, have a database level script. This is clearly PowerShell, right? Have a database level script. Anything I need to do at the database, you notice here that it takes multiple servers. That is key. It has to take multiple servers. So anything I want to do to all the databases on all these servers, all I got to do is put the T-SQL inside this query right here, and it'll run against whatever servers I tell it. Doesn't matter what the query is, whatever I need to do, whether it's adding an account, dropping an account, changing a setting, right? It doesn't matter what it is, I can do it. I call this the carrier method for PowerShell, okay? Because the PowerShell is a mere carrier for your T-SQL. Could you figure out the SMO way to do things in the proper, quote, PowerShell way to? Absolutely, you could. And, it'll, and that's a learning curve, right? <clears throat> but if you only want to learn minimal PowerShell, or only need to know minimal PowerShell, all you need to do is you need to know that whatever you put in here 
will run on every single database on all of the servers in this list. How far will that take you? Instantly, you've gone from everything I need to do on these databases I have to think about and write to all I have to do now is come up with the T-SQL and put it in there and hit go. Even better than that, <coughs> the invoke SQL command, commandlet, <coughs> is the same thing as SQL command, right? Because it just invokes SQL command. So it also takes an input file. Well, guess what? If you have one of your, one of your convoluted T-SQL scripts that you've used for years, and it works, and you know it works, and you just need to run it against multiple servers, pass this in instead of passing it in the query, pass it in the input file, and then pass that file into it, and just run that big convoluted script you have on all of those servers and all of those databases. Go for it, right? The carrier method for PowerShell. You don't have to learn the intricacies of all this stuff. Just write yourself a couple simple loops and call simple T-SQL in the middle of it using invoke SQL command and go on about your day. A lot of the stuff that we talk about is going to use this very same method. And all you got to do, and, and all the plumbing is already here, right? That's the important part is you already know, the script already knows how to connect to the servers. The script already knows how to connect to the databases. Right? So, do it. It knows how to cycle through everything, and it knows that it's supposed to run whatever's in there. What else do you need? It's a very simple, straightforward way to do things that you could take tomorrow and plug this script in and, and just do it. And, and as you get the different techniques, as you get the different tasks, right, you can save them off as different scripts so you don't have to keep replacing the SQL in there, right? But it's going to be the same script. The only difference is going to be the servers or the, or the SQL in the middle. And then, of course, you can add some error handling in there. I could show you one of my other production scripts that does something like this, and it's like this long with all the, with all the little special bells and whistles that make it a real enterprise-level multi-purpose script kind of thing, right? And it gets looking really scary really fast, but when you get down to it, there's only a few lines of actual work. The rest of it is all, if this, then that. Uh, change this into that, make this look like that. Uh, if there's a problem, log it here. Just little piddly stuff, right? But the actual work is only a few lines long in a script like this. It's not that bad. So <coughs> get yourself a collection of these scripts at the different levels. I've got one here. Let's see. At the instance level. Notice I specify the difference between an instance level and a server level, right? Because server level is going to be stuff like services and stuff like that at the <coughs> Windows server level. And this is at the actual instance level. So here, uh, we're going to turn on cross, uh, cross uh, 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 cr DB ownership chaining <laughs> on all of our servers in this list. Hey, what do you want me to do, right? Or better yet, at that, or better yet we could uh, go to all the other databases, right? And we could turn off auto grow. Right? We could turn off auto shrink. We could turn off uh, full mode. We could put them all into simple mode or pull them all into bulk mode or something like that. Right? You could do all kinds of things. When I first got at my current gig, I got an idea. Well, actually, it, it, stems for, it stemmed from a problem. <clears throat> a guy came to me and said, we did a simple bulk insert of 50,000 rows, and all of a sudden, we filled up the entire disk. Now, this disk... This disk was something like 70 gigs. And he goes, how the hell did we fill up 70 gigs on, on 50,000 rows? And I thought for a minute, 
And I said, I don't know. I really didn't. So I got looking into it, and it only took me a couple minutes. I went into the database properties and found out that the log was set to grow at 150-something thousand percent. <laughs> now, I don't know how big it was when it started, but it definitely ran out of space. And that got me thinking. I've got in the neighborhood of six, 700 servers here. I wonder how much of that crap is going on in the rest of the place. So I wrote myself a little PowerShell <coughs> that knew how to get to the data file level and knew how to get to the log file level. And I logged all of those stats, all those growth rate stats to a table. The entire PowerShell from table to SP to PowerShell to actually working script that populated the thing. And this is from scratch, right? Took me two or three hours. That's not too bad for the, for the use I've gotten out of it, right? Yeah? Why not do that through like uh, registered <coughs> servers or central management servers? <coughs> we'll get to that. The question was why not do that through registered servers or through, or through uh, central management server, which I'll say CMS because I can't seem to talk tonight. <coughs> so I'll, I'll table that because I, I do have something to say about that, right? And we'll be talking about that more throughout the course as well. <clears throat> but when I got this table back and started looking at these thousands of files between data files and log files, I found that the growth rates were all over the board. They were everywhere. I mean, it was just awful. I had everything from one meg to several hundred thousand percent and almost everything in between. And I'm sitting here looking at this going, and then I'm looking over here at the disk space report I just produced. Well, no wonder we've got so many damn problems, right? We don't have our growth rates under control at all. So I took the same script, because it's a template, right? Took the same script and modified it to, instead of gather the, the file growth rates, to change the growth rates instead. I'll show you that in another course, okay? In, in one of the later classes, we're gonna talk about growth rates specifically. <coughs> but, and within, and it took it about, against all those servers, it took it about 10, 15 minutes to run. And then I had standard growth rates of one gig all the way across the board for data and log files. All the big experts, all, and by that I mean people a lot bigger than me, uh, recommend either 500 megs or a gig for your growth rates. I prefer a gig myself, right? And all of a sudden, within the next hour, my next space report came out. Oh, and I also shrunk all those files, too, because there were some of them that were absolutely huge, right? Um, so I looked at the percentage free in all of them and said, seriously? So I shrunk them all down to like 10%. My, my disk space report was almost nil. I mean, I cleared up, boom, just like that. Now we've got problems now. I mean. One of my DBAs is over here, and we've got disk space problems now, but you should have seen it before. <laughs> okay? These are honest disk space problems. The other ones weren't. They were caused by us. And it's something that there's no way. And I went to the DBAs, because this was, I'd only been in this, this job like a week or two when I started this. And I went to the DBA that was there, and I said, my God, look at this. What's going on? He goes, yeah, we know some of this stuff is going on, but what do you want us to do? You have any idea how many servers we've got? It'd take us forever to get through it. And I went, oh, okay. Went back to my desk, pounded that out, right? I was like, there's no way I'm going to let a stupid thing like this beat me, right? Um, so that's the kind of thing you can do when you've got 
templated reports at the different levels that you are going to, to be doing your work at, right? Now, <clears throat> uh, Paul kind of jumped the gun a little bit. I want to talk about, by the way, this is a T-SQL cursor that almost does what I was, what, what the, that PowerShell did a second ago, right? You can see that it just cursors through all the log, it, it cursors, cursors through all the logins. What is wrong with me? It cursors through all the logins and it just writes a create user statement for every single one of them. But you know, there are problems with this. Um, uh, you know, one of the big problems is it doesn't really handle multiple databases. It just, it'll just take and do a create user statement for all the logins. And, and right now I've got it set to print them. So what I'm going to have to do is when I run this, it'll just give me a list of create user statements that I'll paste into another window and then cycle through the databases one by one and run it, right? That's how we used to do it in the six, five days, right? <clears throat> and I'll be honest with you. I tried to write this, I tried to duplicate the, uh, the functionality of the PowerShell and have it cycle through all the databases and automatically put the users in all the databases. And after about 20 minutes, I got tired of futzing with the cursor inside the cursor and figuring out where this next should go and where this thing should go. And I just gave up and went back to the other script and said, screw it. Um, I can't, I mean, I can do it, but I, I'm, I don't have the patience for this kind of coding anymore, you know? Um, not unless I absolutely have to. And the T-SQL cursor inside the T-SQL cursor is one of the most evil things on the planet. It is. There are so many little different things in there that you got to keep track of. And and frankly, I just don't. I just don't have the cojones for it anymore. So I, I wanted to give you a full working script, but I didn't start it until today. So if I'd have had a couple more days and you know, ten hours more of sleep, I would have been able to do it. But anyway, <clears throat> one of the big problems with doing stuff like this. <clears throat> and again, I'm not trying to rewrite the book. If you've already got scripts that you use that have worked for you for years and you know what they do and you know how to work them, use them. Don't throw away what you've been using for years, right? <clears throat> now you can just use PowerShell and carry it to all the different boxes, right? Take that script that you've been using and carry it to different boxes. Um, but the, one of the problems with this is this is a single solution. That's the problem with T-SQL. It's a single solution for a single problem. What can I do here? I can create users. That's it, right? And it's more dynamic SQL if I want to add something else to it. And if I want to slightly change something else, it's a little bit more dynamic SQL. And it's, and it's fairly complicated to change that dynamic SQL. I, I spend more time troubleshooting the number of ticks to make sure that the proper things are read than I do anything else, right? It's ridiculously impossible. Um, <clears throat> so it has its place. There are times when I, during this course when I'm going to say T-SQL is the solution. It's the only solution. It's the best solution. But that's part of why we're here is to learn the proper solution for the proper time. Now I'm going to get into Paul's thing. The proper solution for the proper time. As DBAs, <clears throat> we have so many uh, so many tools at our disposal. We've got PowerShell, we've got T-SQL, we've got group query, right? We've got a SQL command mode. Big fan of SQL command mode, okay? <coughs> but again, it has its place. Um, <coughs> uh, we have CMS, right? 
all of these things that we've got to choose from when we, when we do our things. Okay, we've got VB script. I got a, I got a request today. <laughs> you want to you hear something funny? Um, we had a request today from uh, one of the devs downstairs. Now, these guys do both PowerShell. I've talked to PowerShell extensively at my job. And, uh, and so they do PowerShell and they also do VBScript. I'm trying to push everybody to do things in PowerShell, get rid of the, the antiquated VBScript stuff, right? <coughs> so I got a request from one of the teams downstairs this afternoon that said, um, the security guy is trying to write a power is trying to write a VB script against this database and he's having trouble uh, getting connected. Can you help him with it? And I said, Oh, we've disallowed VB script from being used in the database. He's going to have to go to something else. <laughs> oh, is that the problem? Okay, thanks. <laughs> okay, job one. Um, <laughs> if you buy something like that, you deserve it. <clears throat> That's all I have to say, right? So I couldn't, I was actually just joking. But they bought, okay, thanks, and click. I was like, I was kidding, bye. <laughs> We've actually written a log on trigger that bans certain users from using management studio. Oh, yeah. I'm a really big fan of the log on trigger, what I call the database firewall, right? Only, only people in SA or only these specific user, user accounts can come in through SMS and everybody else can. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm a big fan of it. When the auditors come in and say, how can you guarantee us that nobody is circumventing the front end application and coming in through like Access or Excel or something and, and, and manipulating data or reading data on the back end without it being logged in the front end, I say because I've got this login trigger that says that they have to be coming in from this application if they're not me. Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of that. We were talking about that just the other day. So, <coughs> um, let's say you get a request um, from, let's say we take the same user request. I've got a single user that I need to add to, say, 10 boxes. And maybe there's only one database per box. doesn't really matter, right? Let's talk through for a second how we're going to decide what we need to do. I've got to create. A, I've got to do a create user statement. It's only a single user. I've got the username and password. I've got to create a login and a user. Right? What are my choices? Regular T-SQL. I've got ten boxes. I could just sit there and connect to box, connect to box, connect to box, connect to box. It's not horrendous, right? It'll take about five minutes to do it that way. That's not the worst thing on the planet. Click through the GUI. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On, all, on, all, on all 10 boxes, absolutely. So we could click through the GUI on all 10 boxes. And that would take an hour? Yeah, that would take an hour. We're not going to do that, right? <clears throat> we could write a script similar to this and then just run it on all 10 boxes individually. Just connect to the box and run, connect to the box and run, connect to the box. Again, not horrendous, but not the best use of our time, right? Because what I, cause my motto is if you want it done on 10, you're going to want it done on 50. And... I don't want to do that 50 times, right? <coughs> so, what's our next? Uh, what's our next one? Uh, SQL command mode. Everybody here familiar with SQL command mode? I love it myself. I'm a big fan of it. it. And SQL command mode is definitely something we could use here, right? But yes and no. It's not a good choice for this because 
in SQL command mode, I've got to connect to every single box individually and then have that code that I want to run under there, right? So I'd have to write 10 connect statements, which is really easy, just connect, you know, I mean, it's not rocket surgery, just connect to the box. But then I've got to, I would have to take this and paste it 10 times under each one of those. <coughs> so again, it's semi-automated. You could do it that way. And if you don't know PowerShell at all, sure, you could do that. And would it be faster than the connect method? I don't know. I don't know. That's a tough one. Uh, you can put a stopwatch to that one and come up within a couple minutes of each other probably, right? So <coughs> we'll put those about on the same level. Um, you could use group query. Oh, group query is a fabulous idea for something like this. Everybody know what group query is? No. Okay, so in registered servers, there you are. I don't think I have any registered here. But in registered servers, you have these local server groups, right? <coughs> and you can just register server, 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 server. And you can put them in folders, right? So I could take uh, all of the databases for one application and put them in a folder. And then if I right click on that folder, here and say new query, it will make a connection. You see down here, connected one of one. It'll make a connection to all of the databases in that folder, and anything I run there will run against all of those databases simultaneously. A fabulous technology, right? <coughs> Absolutely in love with server query. What's the problem with server query, though? You've got to define ahead of time the number of servers. It's like you have a difference. Yeah. Exactly. You got to have those groups already created into folders if you want it to really save you any time, right? And I found that I found that right away when I started doing server query. I was like, well, that's no big deal. I don't mind having a server in three or four different groups, right? But then it started being, well, I need to run it against these three groups. I need to run it against these two. And oh, well, this one moves over here now, and then this one's over there, and then well, this one's been decommissioned and replaced with this one. I'm like, Guys, I can't. And all of a sudden, all my groups were completely out of whack within just like three months. And it was completely useless. I spent more time managing my server groups than I did actually doing work. So <coughs> while group query is great, and it's really, really good for certain things, you know, it's got its limitations. It's not very dynamic. OK? We could use CMS, to, to Paul's point, right? Now, to use CMS, you still have to pick some method right? Going to be PowerShell, right? But the problem with CMS is it's not very dynamic. It, not only do you not connect to CMS servers the same way that you connect to other servers, okay, as in, in PowerShell, as in just going to the tree and connecting, right? You've got to connect to the registered servers and you got to, you got to on, on that CMS server. <coughs> and then you've got to basically, what, what you're now doing to get to them is, is pretty much just parsing XML, in order to XML nodes in order to get there. But there's a huge limitation. You can't go deep. You can only go long. And CMS is so slow. I've got a CMS server at my, at my job, and I never use it because it is so slow. It takes what I can do in three minutes across 200 servers here will still be running this afternoon when I go, still be running this afternoon when I go to check on it. It's so incredibly slow. And again, you have to have those groups set up appropriately. And you can't even really have folders under subfolders under subfolders. You can't do that because it, it, it's just not built that way. I talked to somebody on the CMS team last year about that, and they said, yeah, we completely screwed the pooch on that. 
They want to completely rewrite it. I don't think it's going to happen for Denali, but they want to completely rewrite it and do it right. <coughs> but basically, it was a clutch, right? So that's the problem you get into with that. Um, and, and, and the types of requests you get, you get, I need to do this on all of this application servers. I need to do this on all of this application servers. Oh, wait a minute. I need to do this on all the QA servers or on all of the dev servers or on all of the 2000 servers. I need to do this on anything over this patch level, right? There are so many different ways that you can group these things together to have to run multiple operations on. There's no way CMS could keep up with that. There's no way. You're back to the group, you're back to the group query problem, right? Because <coughs> every time you patch a box, now you've got to move it to a different server. Right? What if it serves? What if it serves as uh, a prod box and a QA box for two different applications? Well, we'll just make this one our QA box. It's not a busy prod box. We'll just go ahead and put QA on it in a different database. Right? So now you got a, a one box with two roles, and that goes in two different places. So that's why I don't like using CMS. A, it's slow, and B, it's just it's just not usable. Right? Um, and, and I'm not going to say I use CMS for some things and don't use it for other things. I never use CMS. I think it's completely useless. Hey, if, you, if anybody here gets use out of CMS and likes it, and, and more power to you. I personally don't like it. I don't use it. What I use, and we're, we're going to so get into this, is I use a, a control table with all my databases in it <coughs> with all of the metadata that I need so that all, everything I do is controlled by queries. <coughs> Let's take a look at this PowerShell again. You notice here that I've got a server list. And it's a nice hard-coded server list on one, two, three. That's what I use most of the time because most of the time I only need a small group of things, right? These are individual requests. I need this done. Boom. I take a little piece of T-SQL, I write it down on the bottom, and I go, right? But look what I've got up here. I've got the server list, instead of being populated here by hard-coded things, I got it being populated by a query instead. So all I got to do is connect to the server that has my that has my server list on it, right? And I can and and through the T SQL, I can connect to any 2000 box of SP2 and over. Any uh, any Yukon box over SP4 or under SP4 or any this box or any prod box or any box with this application, any box that starts with an A and has goes three characters and then has a B and then goes three more characters. I can do anything I want in the query. Anything I want. If I can, if I can query it out of that table in T-SQL, and that includes union lists, uh, includes, accepts, uh, uh, cross applies, cross joins, anything at all I can think of to pull back a rich, to w of some kind of server list. All I got to do is plug that query in here, and I can run it against the servers. Yes. I can't hear. Okay, I can hear you now. Can I increase the font size? Um, I don't know. I don't have Zoom it. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Options. Maybe it's in here. Editor. The short answer is no. 
<laughs> um, uh, yes, but I don't have a script for that. <laughs> try Windows Plus. Try Windows Plus? I'll try Windows Plus, just for you. Ah! Good job. It's really plus. Is that big enough for you? Come on, anybody? Really? Okay. Oh, and by the, <laughs> by the way, I haven't had nearly enough sucking up. I've still got six books sitting up here. Your hair looks great. Oh, shut up. If I said server name, not severe name. Severe name, I like that. <coughs> so, you can see how easy it is to switch between a simple server, multiple servers, or a very, very rich query of, and you can see how rich this query is, right? But a very rich query of anything, and, and again, this could come from a, uh, in, instead of here, instead of using the query, I could use an input file, right? And bring the, bring the query from an input file, and that could be a 40-page a SP that does a gazillion things inside your database to figure out which, which databases or which objects or which whatever you're going to be doing this operation on and pulls back that list and then runs the operation on that list. It's, you can't beat that kind of flexibility. How do you keep track of what all is going on with each server? <clears throat> I'm sure you've got some kind of WMI that you're going What do you mean, the, what's going well, on with each server? You know, the, at what service level it is or... <clears throat> ah! Ah, the question was, how do I get all of this metadata and keep it up to date on all these servers, right? Yep. We will be covering that. The, the short answer is what? PowerShell. I have a PowerShell for that. <clears throat> Whenever new boxes come online, okay, and I'm going to show you guys, I, I, this class, I'm going to show you how I run my enterprise. We're going to be showing... I'm going to be showing you the actual scripts I use and the actual jobs that I use to do all of this stuff. Flawlessly, too, I might add. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, but when, when we create a, uh, when we create a, when we install SQL, a, a new box, we've got two things that we have to do outside of installing, right? We have to go to the server list and add the server name, and then we have to click the new field. PowerShell comes in, checks for anything that's new, and does its thing. Pulls all the collections, throws backup routines out there, throws maintenance routines out there. All I have to do is install it, and everything's golden. I don't have to, why should I have to worry about that? And everything's version specific, right? All of these scripts say if it's this version, do this. If it's that version, do that. We've already worked out all that logic, right? <clears throat> but again, these are just lights on operations. Installing a new SQL box and getting everything set up on it, that's not the job for a DBA of our caliber. That's a job for a DBA of his caliber. No. <laughs> but seriously, we shouldn't have to be worrying about these piddly little, little mundane things, right? We should be, you install SQL and that's even scripted, right? You got to touch something. Um, you got to touch something, so you touch the script, you start the install, then you put the server name and the new in the thing, and you go on about your business and trust that everything else will happen. And it does. And that's where we're trying to get you with everything, or at least as much as possible, so that you can be productive and not just busy. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> hey, con control minus works in the opposite direction. So guys, we're just going to take a couple minutes while we switch speakers here. I see Jim's over here getting these.